Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. The FT. Although I've worked for this esteemed newspaper for quite a few years, I know next to nothing about money. Well, of course I know about the daily grind of getting and spending, as Wordsworth put it. And despite that memorable phrase, it sounds in the sonnet as if that was also the extent of the poet's financial sophistication. So it is as an amused outside observer that I watch the changing ways in which money is talked of. And this does change, markedly. Figures might give me a headache, but language, that I know. We're in a moment of highly emotive money talk. And this surely indicates something about our relationship to money, which is perhaps even more impassioned during recessionary times. As words go, I feel a little protective about culture. It can be pretty annoying, Parche, the sociologists of the 1970s, and the almost infinitely capacious range of meanings they accorded the term, that culture is trotted out whenever bankers' behaviour becomes especially egregious, as a palliative to describe practices in which sheer greed has trumped both reason and humanity. But culture, in the more focused usage that is the remit of this column, has reared its head in one of the most entertaining money rows of recent months, l'affaire Depardieu. When Gégé, the corpulent screen god, gave an eloquent Gallic gesture to his country's new super tax and flounced off to Belgium, after having been courted by Russia apparently with the offer of becoming Minister of Culture for Mordovia, the site of the country's most brutal prison colonies, the language in his abandoned homeland became emotive in the extreme. In some quarters, his actions were considered justified simply because of his culture. In others, from high-flown evocations of ships and storms to gutter-snipe name-calling, the French went for it, including the wit from Libération, whose cover line, recalling both a well-known Brussels statue and a certain event aboard an Air France jet in 2011, dubbed the fiscally challenged star Le Mannequin Fisque. So much for the jollity. More interesting was that in all the brouhaha, you could spot something fascinating about the way the new tax rate was being described, both by and to the public at large, as well as to the few thousand people affected by it. Not as a Cyprus-style bank heist, no. Rather, as a help to one's beloved country in her temporary time of trouble, as a noble contribution to the public polity and to social cohesion, as a means of saying thank you, in Gégé's case, to the place that nurtured you with her whopping public subsidies to the arts. Almost a privilege, in fact, to be given such an opportunity to give. Which, for people who see the Uber tax as nothing but a rich hunt, may have cut very little ice. But it underlines something about our feelings about money that is urgently relevant to the arts just now. Something about giving rather than being made to pay. And here's where the emotional language comes in. One of the great treatises on the subject, Richard Titmuss's The Gift Relationship, 
showed how a voluntary system of blood donorship ensured a far more reliable and better quality supply of blood than any amount of payment would. His mistake may or may not have been to extrapolate that uniquely altruistic action, the giving of one's lifeblood, to social policy, but that's another argument. The point here is that nothing is more emotive than blood, and nothing extracts it from us better than a chance to give it freely, to feel good while we're doing it, and to be able to track the results precisely. Very unlike paying tax. This deep-rooted set of feelings is the basis for the huge success of crowdfunding schemes in the arts. Just two days ago, among many other examples, a new festival called Altfest announced that it had scooped double its target amount from Kickstarter. And it's specifically expressed by the UK's newest crowdfunding initiative, the cumbersomely named National Funding Scheme for the Arts and Heritage, more snappily to be known as Donate. You can make donations on the hoof to projects of the first six member arts organisations via your mobile phone, a method which, as Interim Chairman Robert Dufton puts it, catches supporters, quotes, at the point of emotional engagement, end quote. This method of donating, the funds organisers point out, allows donors to give at the moment of greatest connection – for example, after having attended a performance or exhibition or having visited a site of historical importance. Independent research has shown this to be when supporters are at their most generous. Admen have been researching this effect for a century. And although the exit through the gift shop mentality might not be the most elevated way of extracting our hard-earned, at least these hidden persuaders are in the open. Not only an excellent way to pull in small donations from the greatest number of people, it's a perfect scheme for the Twitter generation, who get out their phones to tweet an event almost before the experience has begun. Just as long as the gift can be made in 140 characters. Hashtag D-O-N figure 8 T-O Donate to For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time.